Welcome back to DC Cinematic Minute, the daily podcast where we analyze Zack Snyder's Justice League by each individual minute. My name is Nathan. You can find me on all social media at NoClutchNate. And my name is Mark. You can find me on all social media at Mark Meadows. And today we're talking about minute number 74 of... Zack Snyder's Justice League. And this minute's going to start out with a whole bunch of broken glass falling to the ground. And uh, the minute's going to end with Steppenwolf apparently removing the helmet of an Atlantean. Yeah. That's a that's an important clip right there. That's a, that's a shot that was uh, seen around the world, if you will, um, which we'll get to. But before we get into that whole bit... Uh, you know, let's 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 stick with the whole Barry Allen stuff we've been talking about. That broken glass that you were talking about, Nate. That that yeah. sound effect where it's like as it like comes back into mm-hmm. uh, the real time. Uh, that's a great sound effect. That's one of my favorite parts of like this whole scene as it ends and it like everything kind of comes back to normal. Uh, I really love that sound effect that happens here. It's it's uh, kind of like an earworm for me. I always kind of like expect it to happen again. Now, is it the glass breaking, or is it like the tail end of the electricity? Electricity, yeah, that's where it is. (laughs) Oh, gazuntite! Oh, you heard me sneeze. (laughs) I get you. Um, Yeah, absolutely. It was um, like a a resonance of the speed force. I I really did, and uh, yeah, that's that to me. That's what it is. Yeah, absolutely. But it's nice because it has like the the glass breaking. Uh, right there with it and kind of shattering to the ground um you know this whole kind of bit that we have here in this minute of the barry allen scene as it kind of ends in this minute mm-hmm. uh is humor it's it's the joke of it all it's it, it is the punchline um him being like you know i always bring a meat snack in case dogs get scared during times of crisis like this so uh i start on monday right and like that's the thing i was thinking about it's like here it is right here's the jokes here's the humor we're seeing it 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 Mm -hmm. does exist and much like the snyder cut exists there are jokes in these movies we've talked about it so many times in the other movies man of steel and dawn of justice like there's humor and there's characters who are the humor like you have your perry whites or even like I, I, there's more than one character in Man of Steel. I mean, Lois Lane is one as well. Uh, uh, Guardian is one. Christopher Melanie is one in Man of Steel. Like, they have humor in these movies. And here in this minute, like, this is Barry Allen making jokes for us because he's the character designed to do so. Mm-hmm. And so it's a little infuriating when you get the other version of the movie where they have to inject humor. Same thing that they did with Suicide Squad is they felt like, okay, there's no jokes in the Snyder cut. We need to put jokes in there. Like, bring back Lois, bring back Amy Adams. We got to do, like, these bad jokes. We have to have Flash falling on Wonder Woman's chest because that's humor, baby. Like, that's what's going to make people laugh. And it's like, what is wrong with you? <laughs> how How disconnected are you? Where it's like, we have to remove this scene and we have to replace it with him falling on top of Gal Gadot. Like, you, you understand what I'm saying? Like, I, yeah, 100%. It's, it's disgusting. Not, it's, it's disgusting. And it's so we, this, this whole scene of Barry Allen took us, uh, 
a week-ish, four days, something like that. Yeah, um, five minutes. But we were set up for the humor on day one when he was quickly walking in and, you know, I'm late, uh, resume from the French, yada, yada. It's all this stuff where we see the, the, the sprinkling of it, where it's here's we're introduced to this character. We see him in a full light. We see fully written out sentences and dialogue. In that dialogue exists the humor inherently. So when you go back to what we were talking about yesterday of of reaching for said hot dog and how for a split second we question why that's there, what the hell is the point of this reaching for a hot dog, why is it so prominent? The humor is still following along with it. It follows yeah. the character. Yes, what the character is going through is a tragic or uh, harrowing experience you know it's a lot of intense the car crash saving iris like that's a big moment and to think that the humor still follows that character along and isn't just like a stupid silly on and off switch of just like Mm -hmm. okay beat humor beat rescue heroics beat humor it's not like that it's 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 the entire picture that's why we were saying yesterday, it's like, just wait till tomorrow because it it plays out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's silly to say that because obviously it'll play out. But it played out so far ahead of time where it was just like, we shouldn't even have the questioning or we shouldn't even have the, the, the split second thought of why hot dog? Yeah. Just like, like uh, it's I- going to follow through. It's. Why hot dog? Because he's a goofy character. He's yeah. funny. It's the humor following him. I've noticed that a lot with the um, the other franchise where the humor feels disconnected is the best way to ex- describe it because the superhero or even anti-hero, whatever you want to call the, the protagonist of said Marvel medium is like they have an on and off switch of I'm super heroic to I'm a comedian drum. Like, yes, it's a, it's a very on and off switch, like beat hero, beat funny beat. Like I've, I'm flip flopping between whether I'm an uh, impressive character or I'm making an awkward joke. That's going to last about a minute and a half. And then it's, mm-hmm. it's unbearable. It's, um, it's on an unbearable level. Whereas here it's like the character's, personality is both i'm here to save iris west and also i'm going to use that to manipulate my way into getting a job as a regular person and you know you may find that funny but that's my awkward personality and that's that works um and it definitely works here and to think about it like they cut this whole scene out in the other version the entire scene and instead we get no introduction to Flash except for when he visits his father in jail. And then he has to do the whole speedster, I'm going to draw on the face of this uh, bailiff or security uh, prison guard, which, albeit disrespectful. Oh, no, no, he does on he some biker. on the face of the guy behind the ba- him. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Not Mark McClure. Um it's it doesn't have the same effect it has it has the effect of beat hero beat comedy 
you know, because he does that, and then he, then he has like a very emotional conversation with his fa- father, Billy yeah. Crudup, and it's uh, it it does have that same feeling of like, okay, was this not as serious as you wanted to be? Like, you have time to talk to your dad about the wrongful death of your mother, but you also have time to draw on someone's face. Like, what's going on here? Um, so it, it it is. It's a perfect way to describe it where it just is like it feels like two people are writing the same scene i understand it in a sense of wanting to cut out the the barry and iris stuff because on a very dumb way of thinking about it like you're you're adding the character of iris west for what some people may think would be no reason. For me, I know that it, uh, it is establishing. It's just, it's an establishment thing. It's this, we are introducing this character. Here's, here's Barry Allen. Here's another character that Barry is very close with in, in stories that I know of and in shows and, and all this stuff. But for the sake of, quote, Justice League, where it's just them, just us league yeah then i can then i can see where the conversation may have been had of do we need the iris stuff are we are we calling back to iris at all are we doing anything with it yada 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 i see that but that's just like very close-minded and i mean that in a way of just you're not world building or you're just not expanding you're not you're not thinking more you're mm-hmm. you're just like focusing on just Here's what our story is. We only have 200 pages to tell it. Let's just tell it and streamline it. Yeah. I understand that. And I understand when you change hands like you do in in situations like this and you need a summer blockbuster at a certain time and you only have a certain time frame to do things, the argument for streamlining is there. Is it the right thing to do? Absolutely not. Is it going to... Put money in your pockets, Warner Brother. Sure, but what the hell isn't? Yeah, you know, it's just I see where the I see where the disconnect happened, and I can probably infer that why it happened. Um, but it doesn't harm us by keeping it in. In fact, it makes it better. We we build the world. We build the mythology of this character. We have we have ground to stand on with Barry Allen with Ezra's Barry Allen I mean we just have all these things here in place for us they were written for a reason we're gonna shoot them we're gonna put the people in the costumes we're gonna get them on set I don't see why it's gone I mean (laughs) yeah there's a there's a there's a definite greed that happened with this movie and we've talked about i don't know if we've talked about it enough on this on this uh podcast for people to understand what happened but the 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 two-hour runtime for justice league when it came to theaters that was a uh kevin sujihara getting a added bonus to him personally we're talking about kind of like the director of warner brother pictures uh not walter hamada who's in the current uh, president, presidency of Warner Brothers, but Kevin Sujihara got a bonus check for keeping the movie within two hours. 
And so now you're thinking that Joss Whedon has to come in, who's already full of bad decisions, but now has <laughs> to downgrade this movie into two hours, keep it at two hours, and then re repopulate this movie with its own kind of origin scenes and how we're going to make jokes happen within those scenes. Like, obviously this gets cut because we can't do this scene and then also do the scene with uh, Billy Crudup as the father and, and keep it all in. That's why the Aquaman scenes are all the scenes rolled into, into one scene. That's how that happens because they're like, okay, well we can roll it all into one scene and then it becomes one big Aquaman chapter. They really just did so much more work than what the hell was needed yeah. honestly it's like you guys like took the long way around yeah and, and this it's movie so could, stupid if it could have been two and a half hours at least they could have at least squeezed this in and the movie probably would have been passable we probably would have walked out of the theater been like well it wasn't perfect but it wasn't terrible and then yeah. the other one was just kind of whiplash it just was silent just like well, i don't know what to think about uh the f- hell I just saw and and now the more I think about it the more I'm like some of the most tender moments of this movie are, are sabotaged by that and then of course on top of that you have decisions of like well we don't want Green Lantern in these movies even though we're world we, we say we want a world build but we don't and uh, Steppenwolf is too scary you have to change that and Superman can't wear a black suit he's got to be in the all American red and blue suit and he's got to say his uh, Superman one liners and you know we need to conform to what the critics quote unquote are saying which is another whole thing um, that you know infuriates me um, so it's just upsetting and then and then of all people they get Joss Whedon and then Joss Whedon's like I know jokes let me tell you, the, the key to humor, make fun of women. It works every oh time. God. Jesus. You want to you you, a- you sell to a bunch of comic book nerds? Make fun of the thing they don't like the most, women. And it's like, oh, wow, we should totally listen to this guy. He made the Avengers movie. That was perfect. It's like, no, it wasn't. It was awful. We have to admit that there's some things about the Avengers movie that's not great, and it's going to show over time that it's just not good. But I digress. For, with good reason. I mean, it's it's just, it's silly. Um, but th- the joke plays out. We get it here. He's got the meat stick for the dog. The dogs are loving it. Yeah, the dogs are having a great time. Barry is seemingly, you know, he didn't he didn't miss anything. There was I'm a having big, a great time with the joke. Loud commotion, glass breaking, big old car crash, and then. Oh my gosh! This guy is calming the dogs down. Yeah, it works um, a lot better than than like the brunch joke, which is what you were talking about, like beat for beat. Like, where does the brunch joke come from? Why are you making jokes about brunch? Do you remember this joke, Nate? Are you... No, I don't remember the brunch joke. <laughs> he's talking to Bruce Wayne, and he's like, "I need friends, right?" And then quick mm-hmm. cut to a reshoot of Ezra Miller, where he's like. Uh, like, what is brunch? Like, you essentially stand in line for an hour for lunch. Oh, yeah. And it's like, I where does remember. that come from? What are you talking about? Who wrote that? It's so out of left field. 
Whereas this is this plays in. He was applying for the central bark. So the dogs are connected. We even saw a couple dogs barking in slow motion. He goes, saves Iris West, comes back, has the hot dog. It's all connected. The joke plays out. Brunch, what's so, the, what are you talking about? The only about? thing that's just like, yeah, it's stupid. The only thing that's just like uh, a fun little thing to think about um, as we're kind of seen transitioning here is... Uh, so Iris looks back towards the central bark in the direction that Barry does like come from leave yeah. in. You don't think she's gonna like stand up and be like, dude, what the hell was that? <laughs> like, <laughs> like he's gonna he's gonna walk out of there and like maybe offer to sweep the glass up or something or do do something of the nature. And she's just gotta come and be like, Yo, what the F? Like, did that you just that happen? We're doing this? It's kind of like he's bro. hiding. Like, it's kind of like he's in that pen just being like, it kinda she can't is, see me. But, I'm in here. I, I'll but, start Monday, right? Think about Iris's point of view. She just saw him in that central bark. That's it. And then he was right in front of her and then gone again. So it's like, I'm going to look back like, where the hell? Why is what? Unless he stays there for so long until he's able to like quickly get up and run out and no one sees him again yeah, yeah. i get that but uh thinking about like i was just like getting up and just like walking over there with purpose just standing in the like the, the doorway and just be like what the fuck man <laughs> i like thinking about like the central bark manager just kind of staring out the the door as if like did that car accident just blow out my windows but like yeah well that's had to have what happened like just like it the or or the explosion itself from the car, you know, down the street blew out the window. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That could have been the thing. I mean, but, the, um, the glass. Thinking were- about like, so we saw it in slow motion. We saw Barry run through the glass and everything like that. But from her point of view, it was just like big whoosh bolt of lightning, and then like glass shattering. Yeah, and then explosion, and then dogs are eating a hot dog. Exactly. Like, <laughs> just like a, a a massive, just blinding. F- flash at glass breaking and just like what the hell just happened do you think he got the job uh no right that's what i'm thinking he didn't get the job i don't job. think so there's no um, way but i don't understand why i would be like yeah sure start monday you know i just saw a car accident i mean the only reason i think he doesn't get the job is because at the end of the movie he does actually get a job yeah but... well, you can quit <laughs> <I> just... <laughs> But I just don't believe he got the job, which is sad to think about. It's like she probably was like, "No, get the hell out. I'm good." Yeah, and it's but like, like we're thinking like you're you're. She's saying that because she's thinking like you caused all of this, whereas we know yes he did, but she doesn't know that. Should I give my dogs a treat? I don't have any dogs, but if I had a dog, should in in, in times of crisis, should I be giving my dog a quote unquote meat snack to calm them? You think this is a good idea? It's good advice. Um, I've never dealt with own, dogs during a, a, a crisis. Let's say yeah. a, a hurricane or a tornado or some other natural disaster. Yeah. Can, uh, break break a Benadryl in half, pop that sucker in a little piece of a hot dog, slurp it down. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Put on the thunder shirt. Baby, we're good to go. I give my, uh, my parents' dog ice cream. The dog loves ice cream. Does he? Yeah, he really does. Doesn't get brain freeze or anything like that. Does, does it? my dog get brain freeze? I will ask him next time. What is he well, going to try like, and say you see something? They do the thing, you know. The dogs having I guess brain it's freeze? Cats. I don't know. Cats do it. You give cat an ice cream, they like lick and go. 
<laughs> not, I've never given my cats ice cream. Well, I never gave my cat ice cream either, but like I've seen the videos. Yeah. It's scary. I don't want to give my cat brain freeze. No, I'm good. I don't want to give any animal brain freeze. I don't even like it when I get brain. It's freeze. not really a brain freezing. It's just your. It's just the rapid temperature change from what tongue to roof of the mouth or whatever. Your palate, yeah, your palate yeah. is 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 seizing up. Anyways, we're not here to talk about brain freezes, but if you want to talk about it, you can find us on all social media at DCU Minute and talk about it. Um, let's skip over to this next scene. I totally forgot this was the next scene, Nate, uh, about the Atlanteans and the Parademons. Um, I I mean, obviously, I know this scene is in the movie. But I didn't think it was going to be the very next scene that we talk about. So it is a, a brief uh, or an abrupt change of pace. Um, is uh, Do you feel that way or do you feel like this is a good, as far as editing goes, this is a good scene to put in next? Um, yes, but also I uh, don't know if I can actually like have an opinion on... <laughs> how the edits for this would be um, just because it's not my vision. Um, That's true. That's very I'm true. I'm perfectly fine with this scene transition into this uh, Steppenwolf, very brutal Steppenwolf scene that we're about to see. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, it's, yeah, no, I never really thought of how this, this, this transition really fit. Um, I'm I'm here for it. I dig it. It's uh it's wild. I remember seeing um a screenshot of just that them emerging out of the water from I believe one of the stunt actors and yeah. they were like, yeah, we filmed this. That was in the movie. Like this whole thing is shot. Like this was real, but it's so freaking brutal that like this is intense. Like this scene is intense. And I remember seeing like a a, a screenshot of that and being like, okay, yeah, whatever. And I believe it actually happens in tomorrow's minute, but the intense is there, and I wasn't expecting it. Yeah, this. Um, um, so maybe that answers your question better. I wasn't expecting this Steppenwolf scene here. Uh, am I mad about it? Absolutely not. No, no, it's, no, no, no. It's intense. It's very. It's it's terrifying. It's supposed to. You know, we were just talking about the Age of Heroes and everything like that, and we, you know, are are caught up on uh, Batman and Wonder Woman trying to. You know, they're all together on the same story. We got introduced to our other hero and kind of forget about what Steppenwolf is doing at this time. Or we're maybe curious as to what he's doing. So, jump back. Steppenwolf is still on the hunt for mother boxes. Yeah, um, I think... Uh... Instead of, like, instead of in 2017, we just, like, get quick jump cuts to him just, like, appearing at places where mother boxes are and just, like... Bing, I'm here. Take, see you later. Like a Power Rangers it's like villain. We see, yeah, we, we see the actual buildup. We see the work being done. You know, Steppenwolf is not omnipotent. He doesn't know where they all are. He has to search. In 2017, mm-hmm. it seemed like he was just like, I got this. Yeah. And it's like, why, it did it, just, why was it so easy? It cuts away from the world building that you're trying to do. Like, yes, we want to see Aquaman and Wonder Woman beat up Steppenwolf. Like there is that part of the superhero uh, comic book nerdum that we want to see where we see superheroes fighting supervillains. But to have Steppenwolf and Parademons interacting with Atlanteans, like he interacted with Amazons, having that is like, okay, at least we can have the villain interact with the world 
without the superheroes involved right now. Like we're just having him interact with Amazons and Atlanteans. Like we're seeing him scout for the mother boxes. And in this version, we also get to know why he's scouting for the mother boxes, which is, you know, important. It's not necessary, which is why he got the other version of the film, but this is why this version is superior. And, um, this was uh Thomas Billings was the person you were talking about who posted it almost two years ago. Um, mm. He was one of the parademons in this scene. He said out in Iceland last year on justice league as a parademon fishing for Atlanteans in the freezing Icelandic scene as Icelandic sea. So they did film this in Iceland along with um, the scene where they shot uh, Ben Affleck and Aquaman. And I'm assuming where they also shot the other, uh, kind of outpost uh you mentioned the name of the bar in one of the other minutes but i totally forgot what the name of that bar was um and i can't remember yeah it was it was like something nordic uh, yeah uh and you know like so they did film this out there while they were out there so they filmed multiple scenes over in iceland and so the parademons that we're seeing in this minute and the atlanteans are all real actors acting in those waters there. They're actually pulling the other actors through the water. All this is real. None of it is visual effects except for the parademons themselves. Um, those people were wearing the motion capture pajamas. The Atlanteans are wearing real armor. Um, they're not wearing motion cap pajamas like uh, Feora, or not Feora, like General Zod and the other Kryptonians. Feora was the only one wearing real armor in Man of Steel. Uh, all the Atlanteans are here are wearing real armor, um, mm. which is really cool to think about. But yeah, Thomas Billings and the other Parademons, they're pulling the Atlanteans through this water, which is really cool to think about. They said it was freezing cold, so uh, y- you know that's acting for you. Great, great on you guys. I I could probably never do that. I would feel like yeah. I'm drowning, but that probably adds to your character, right? Um, yeah, <laughs> I bet that really helps. Um, the other I, shot that was uh, popular was this part right here, where Steppenwolf grabs the helmet off the Atlantean. This was seen uh, in Zack Snyder's kind of like movie theater that he has, where he was kind of showing the progress mm-hmm. of the film. And this was a scene where people were like, "Oh, this scene actually exists, and we're probably going to see it one day, hopefully." And uh, yeah, this is something that was always rumored about. I've never seen actual footage of it until we saw this. I've only seen just mm-hmm. the photos. And then it kind of clicked in my head like, oh, yeah, this is the scene everyone's been talking about that's supposed to exist in this movie. Um, cut because it was too violent. Sorry. Uh, I was going to say that the uh, one of my favorite things about this scene here is the color and just like the contrast of it all. It's so... Like... This is where I can see what people being like, it's too dark, it's too gritty, it's too gray. This is, it fits perfectly here. This is like such a villain scene. Um, You're taking, these parademons are dragging these Atlanteans out of the water onto these black sand beaches. And this giant metal monster just walks up on the sand as if it's just like, I don't, it's, it's so royal and so terrifying in a way that it's like this this all-powerful beast is just like here to end you on these black sands 
and he's so intimidating. It's it's just great. I think like the color of 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 how dark uh, the parademons are with the black sand and how that bleeds into Steppenwolf and everything is just so gray. It's I don't know. I really like it. It it looks like a a bad gloomy day. Uh, it's a it's a villain. It's a villain scene. You're right. Uh, a lot of people would probably look at this and go, "This is a colorless scene." Where's the color mm-hmm. in this? Um, and to that, I say, you're contextually blind. Like there's there's something wrong with the way that you approach this scene, where you expect a beach to be brightly lit, a, a postcard beach. Like but yeah, like I need you to crystal clear waters. Like what are you talking about? No, I don't need you to forcefully change your opinion about it, but I need you to understand why it looks looks bleak. It is bleak. It is supposed to look muted color as opposed to some of the other colorful things Zack Snyder has done, because he does use plenty of color. And this is a colorful scene in the way that everything is the same shade of color. Now, why is that? And you've said it perfectly, Nate. It's a cold day. It's an overcast day. It's a very dark and bleak mood that's happening here. And the water, we're talking about Iceland, is freezing cold. How are we going to show that the water is cold? Obviously, the audience can't touch the water. They can't feel the temperature. But when you make it look like this, you mm-hmm. make the rocks in the background and you have the cat, the overcast sky, it's supposed to be like it's freezing cold water. They are yeah. out in Iceland. The beaches look like this in Iceland. You have to contextualize what it is that's happening here. And this is how you do it. And, you know, like... Steppenwolf, this 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 monster, uh, almost looks like a a cell shaded like comic book character. It's it's a fantastic like, just watching this guy walk up to them in like this kind of all gray suit now, you know, like the the reflections on him, like just this behemoth of a titan. He's very intimidating in this moment here as he's walking across the beach to these. And it's all in context. I mean, like, these Atlanteans obviously are powerless in this situation. They obviously got their asses handed to them by these parademons. And, you know, add uh, insult to injury, you're dragging them out of the water, their element. And, like, Mm -hmm. to us, it's like, oh, you just dragged an Atlantean out of the ground. Are they suffocating? Like, are they, they can't breathe on, on land. Like, you are literally just, like, taking these water breathers and throwing them on the land, fish out of water, and you're just like, here, we got them. No like, talk. That's, <laughs> exactly. It's so torturous. It's so dark and, and villainous. It's very good. And then the way Steppenwolf walks, he's so menacing in this scene. And then look at the, I mean, the, the color of the Atlanteans. We talked about this with the Age of Heroes, but... They're wearing gold suits of armor. They are supposed to be a little bit more advanced than we are. A lot more advanced than we are. I mean, they're coming from Atlantis. So even if you say, like, oh, everything's a muted color, like there's nothing colorful, it's like, yes, there is. There's blacks, there's grays, there's browns, there's, you know, there's golds in here, and there's, like, some a little bit green here in the suit of armor. Like, it's... Look at the sky. Look at all that negative space there. I mean, like, that's it right there. Yeah, absolutely. That's what I'm saying. Like, it, the contrast of it all is just, like, it plays off of each other. It's so good. 
it's a very well lit it's it's honestly a very good very good bleak scene yeah. if we're saying that if if we're as a collective saying that Zack Snyder uh doesn't use much color and doesn't use as much vibrantness the argument is here show them this scene contextually it fits perfectly you complain about there not being any color look at around honestly look at the scene look at what's around it it's the black sands it's the gold it's the armor it's the and it's it's not the first scene it's not the first scene of the movie I mean, the very first scene of the movie is Superman dying, and it's like reds and blues and yellows and and green and and you know blacks because it's like all these different colors are are exploding out of the death of Superman. It's it's such a colorful opening of a scene, and then you get to Atlantis where the Mother Box is awakening, and you see an Atlantean in full garb, and he's in water, and it's all these blues and greens and golds and you know, white because of the waves of Superman's cry. Like, all these different colors are there. You can name them all. And then we get here. We're about an hour and 15 minutes in, and now you're seeing a scene like this, and now you want to say Zack Snyder has no color? Like, you've just seen over 75 minutes of color. Don't say the director doesn't know how to use color. And then look at the sand here in this clip right here. When he gets this helmet, like, sure, you're saying black sand beaches. But look how much white is speckled into mm-hmm. that sand. Like you can see the white and that comes from color correction where you're like, I want to highlight those white colors. Like if I were to take a photo of this beach with my phone, I could not just look black. I couldn't get those whites to pop out. Yeah. That has to come from post-production. You can only get those to pop out like that. And especially like the suit of armor that the Kryptonian or the Atlantean is wearing to color correct things and to get that sand to pop out the way you do and to get that armor to stay the color that you wanted and then have room for someone who's motion captured to be Steppenwolf to have all that interact with each other and to get this like that's color it is there but it's so what if it's not your typical red blue yellow primary colors it's like no, we can't have that. We can't have, you know, the Aquaman beaches, you know, with perfect golden sand and, and then Atlantean in like a bright, crisp gold plate of armor and then Steppenwolf in some, I don't know, whatever he looked like in the Justice League movie. It's just like, come on, you're, you guys think of color in like the most kindergarten ways. And it's like, mm-hmm. just because that's your thought doesn't make it the right thought. Like, that's your initial thought, and you have to think a little bit outside the box here because you are not the one making movies, so it's very difficult to, for you to process that. Um, it is what it is. It's it's a fantastic scene. We're gonna get more into it tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Um, more brutal, more more brutal. Yeah, brutal minutes tomorrow. Yeah. Um, I just want to emphasize just how good Steppenwolf looks in this minute, as they because you don't even expect Steppenwolf to show up right here. Yeah, really. You're thinking just <laughs> parademons are kidnapping Atlanteans, you know, and then he's there. The camera just pans to reveal him. And you're like, oh shit. <laughs> yeah. Oh, he means business. Like this is a this is a torture scene. Okay. Especially like from what we've seen so far, where he shows up on Themyscira 
has this whole kind of noble queen personality, goes to Pajornov, talks talks to Desaad, has this whole kind of Shakespeare so that I may come home speech, and then seeing him in this light, this is like a whole new perception of Steppenwolf. This is like from the point of view of the Atlanteans. How do they perceive Steppenwolf? This mm-hmm. is how they perceive him. Seeing Queen Hippolyta perceive Steppenwolf is how we got that first version. And then when he's in Pajornov, that's Steppenwolf's point of view. It's interesting because as we go from different points of view, we see different kind of ways to shed, uh, to, to cast these lights on Steppenwolf. It's a very interesting way to, to do it. And here it's like, that's what he looks like to anyone else. Just a, just a marauder, you know, mm-hmm. instead of uh, someone that you might sympathize with. So, um, and then also, you know, just really good detailing on the armor here. You can see it. Great detailing. I think one thing we need to mention is that um, uh, this, this wouldn't have happened if it was uh, Amazons. It didn't happen to Amazons. Um, so it's just really showing the difference in the cultures between how Hippolyta and her Amazons like stayed as warrior race and, and as, as warriors and everything, um, you know, not taking guff from anybody. And then you have the Atlanteans who have had armies and have had technological advancements and everything. And yet you just pluck them out of the water and they're useless. <laughs> yeah. It's funny to think about that, right? It's like the, there's these two empires that have been warring for centuries and, you know, have, have had their, their problems in the past and have been on this earth for so long. Um, established empires. And the, the big stark differences between these two armies is just incredible like this scene would not have happened with amazons no we would never they wouldn't have allowed that to happen we would they, never the treat, amazons yeah. would have allowed them to get to this yeah yeah <laughs> Zack snyder would never oh not just that not just like you know more morality aside that's i wasn't going about that i was just going strictly in universe no yeah yeah i agree with how tough amazons are versus the atlanteans now oh yeah I, w- I was thinking for both sides like i agree with what you're saying like as far as like an Amazon in this situation would either take themselves out for s- the sake of secrecy for Themyscira, but I'm saying yeah, they e- take out a couple parademons as they're getting dragged out of the water. Yeah, like, and they would yeah they would fight they would fight them all the way through. Those parademons are not surviving if there's Amazons. And then you know outside the story, I think even Zack Snyder is like. No, the Amazons are too good for this kind of thing. And and honestly, you could attribute to like a, a fire versus water type of ideal of Amazons and Atlanteans. Like there's two different uh, there are two different cultures or they're polar opposites. Mm-hmm. Uh the the fiery Amazons and and the watery Atlanteans. Um and it's a perfect way to describe the two. And and that's what makes it so interesting that you get kind of see this apocalypse interacting with atlantis you know it's just it's just a very interesting thing to to consider um and i think that's what this i think this scene probably would have made it to the theatrical cut of the movie had it been left alone as is um because i think it's 
it's just another good way to solidify that your character is a bad guy. You know, like... Too scary. No, bringing the Russian family. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. Let's give no, them too, more too, time. It's too, it's too scary. We got to get some some LED flowers in Russia. <laughs> Bring uh, less, less Steppenwolf, more uh, Russian family. Am I right or am I wrong? Yeah. Anyways... Um, let's get into more some uh, more of this stuff uh, tomorrow. We're going to go ahead and wrap up for today. But if you guys enjoyed everything you heard, you can find us on all social media at DCEU Minutes and the Facebook group, the DC Cinematic Minute Listener Society. We'll join us to talk about today's minute or any minutes you guys are uh, catching up on. And we'll catch you guys tomorrow for minute number 75 of Zack Snyder's Justice League.